Hey everyone, um, I'm back from Texas. And uh, coming back from Texas, I feel like I came back the size of Texas. <laughs> I ate a lot, I ate a lot of food over there. and um, But you know what, it was uh, worth it. It was a culinary delight for me. Uh, I tried a lot of different food, uh, delicious. But uh, you know what, when I came back home, um, I was having a hard time uh, trying to get back into the whole creative mode. I couldn't have, I couldn't switch out. I couldn't, my brain didn't want to come back. It was still dicking around, you know? And that made me think about our show and uh, a topic for tonight's show, which is uh, the creative process. Uh, does one need like inspiration to create? Um, is it all about just sitting down and just cranking it out? And uh, I wanted to bring a, a first timer to talk about this uh, subject tonight. Uh, but, but before we get started, please uh, remember to like and subscribe and hit that notification bell uh, to catch the latest episodes of Casually Christian uh, presented by Livestream My Event. So uh, with that said, uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, tonight joining us is uh, Philip Victor. He's an award he's an award winning uh, comic book writer. Uh, I think right, in two thousand and nine yeah. you won a, a, an award, right? In the, you in Mexico City. Yes, in two thousand eight, yeah, I won the Silver Pen Award at the Utopia Comic Con. There you go. And uh, yeah, that was for uh, my writing for Scarlet Fox and Soul Assassin. I got a copy of uh, Scarlet Fox right here, actually. This was uh, right here was uh, my first comic book that I wrote, and it was illustrated by an artist out of uh, Korea named okay. Take Him, and I self-published that one, as well as uh, this one as my second comic book, A yeah. Soul Assassin. I remember and, seeing uh, that. that. Yeah, in 2013, you were like selling that book too, right? That's right, at the Latino yeah, Comic Con. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And this one, I wrote it, and it was illustrated by Philip Barassa, who actually won an Emmy Award for his character design really? work on the Young Justice animated series. That's super sick, man. How do you, how do yeah, you so meet I went, him? I got invited down to a, a con in um, Mexico City in 2008, and I had a great time there. I was selling my books there. I met so yeah. many talented artists that I actually wound up uh, working with on future comic books. Yeah, you were networking, man. It seems yeah, like, definitely. How is, it, how is it different, you know, networking over there in Mexico? Like, is it... Were you received well? I mean, you won an award. I, of course, I you were received, received well. <laughs> I, you know what? I was received very well. And it was great just to be around uh, people of my culture because I'm Hispanic. I'm of mm -hmm. Puerto Rican descent. And it was just nice really being around people like me who were involved in creating comic books and being creative yeah. and artistic and whatnot. So it was it was great. I, I was welcomed with open arms and mm -hmm. uh, treated really nicely by the fans as well as uh, the organizers. It was organized by uh, Kaboom Studios, which was led by Oscar Gonzalez Loyo mm -hmm. and uh, his crew. And they treated me real great. It was a great experience. And who, who's Oscar? Who's, who's, who, is he, that, is uh, you know what? He's an artist. Well, he was an artist in Mexico City who had a comic book called Karmatron. Uh, but he passed away um, recently. And uh, But he left, left behind himself a legacy of, of comic book art. And he also taught 
art as well. And um, yeah, he was a great guy. But when you were in uh, Mexico, like, did you did you submit the work or did somebody submit that work for you? Yeah, I submitted my work ahead of time. Yeah, uh -huh. and then um, when I was down there, I, I received the Silver Pen Award uh, for my That's writing. Right, man. And yeah. you've been writing ever since, man. Like, what 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 motivates you to to write? Like, is it? Do you find? Do you, does somebody need to sit down and have inspiration to write, or you just sit down that, that and just helped. you know what I mean? The discipline, yeah, that, you know? yeah, definitely helps. I mean, I try to read often, so it keeps my creative juices in my mind kind of flowing, and definitely writing on a regular basis. You know, it's just like I guess like anything, you got to keep practicing and doing yeah. it uh, to get good at it. Um, I like to read mythology. I like to read comic books. I like to read fiction. And uh, even real things that are, you know, uh, uh, nonfiction and real mm -hmm. things that are going on in the world today, I, I, I incorporate all that into my writing, uh, you know, as best as I can. Uh, when, when did you start writing? Did you start writing when you were like a young, you know, a young cat, like in high school? Yeah, I did. I started writing yeah. at a young age. I think it was like in elementary school, really, yeah. is when I started to get acknowledged, actually, for my writing, creative writings and essays that I submitted. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I went to high school at the Delphi Academy, they had a monthly um, uh, creative writing uh, requirement. So that actually mm -hmm. helped me to kind of just just uh, develop my fiction writing skills because I was uh, having to submit like a certain number of words every month yeah. of fiction. I forget exactly how many, but it was a few thousand words. So mm -hmm. by having to do that, I had to like co constantly every month come up with creative stories, creative ideas. And that got, that kind of inspired me, you know, as I was coming up uh, yeah. as a teenager in writing. And then in, um, in college, I actually uh, studied journalism as well. So mm -hmm. I had to write, you know, nonfiction articles and that kind of thing. And I got awarded for that too, which was kind of cool. Um, so um, it was just, yeah, a lot of practicing, a, lo a lot of writing, even um, I've had a day job too, where I was writing newsletters Mm -hmm. um uh for a, like a health and wellness uh newsletter uh -huh. um and what you know, so I, I had to i had to compile those articles as well as uh publish the newsletter as well so and it was okay. funny because that was for my mom's business so it's like well, okay. there's all these different things different ways that I, I i've developed my writing skills not just solely with comic books and fiction but mm -hmm. in, but in other areas as well i've even written for a couple lowrider magazines like a uh, street low yeah. And um, uh, another one uh, was was called Wheels Two Thousand. I don't think they're still around anymore. How, but, uh, how, how do you yeah. find those uh, that opportunity to write for Lowrider? Did you like submit like a, a like? Did they have like an ad? We're looking for writers, and you just submitted. Not, your not necessarily no. ad with, with those. It's just networking. I, I, I sometimes I meet the publisher somewhere, yeah. or I even just send them a, a, a email or uh, back before emails. I would just send them a letter <laughs> yeah, or something like that letter. and say, "Hey, you know, could could I write an article for you? I really like your magazine. You know, get it, get into uh, establish yeah. a friendship with them and, and that kind of thing. And they they usually that usually works. Sometimes, uh, you know, it it does it like with Marvel comics. You know, I've mm. submitted some of my work a couple of times and I've been rejected uh, a yeah. few times. So. And I haven't got accepted yet, so I'm still working on that. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a hustle. It's a working man. process, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, yeah. I've been writing for since high school, because uh, uh, a lot of people don't know this, but it took me a while to uh, to learn how to read because I grew up with like a learning disability, and um, uh, but when I was able to, when I was able to read and write, 
um, I, I just took to it right away. And I think it's because it, it was something that was held back for me that when I just learned how to do it, I fell in love with it. Yeah. Uh, and I've been writing ever since, uh, you know, high school. And, mm. um, I, you know, I started out writing screenplays cause I wanted, I was, I wanted to make movies and I still want to make movies. Uh, but right now, um, I'm writing a, a short, a book of short stories that take place at night and all it, you know, it's called the late hour and it's, uh, it's, it's uh, it all takes place in Norwalk too, and oh, cool. uh, the the story that I'm writing right now, it was supposed to be a short story, but now it's it's a book, and uh, you nice. know, at, nice. at, at first I was a, I was a little hesitant. I'm like, God damn it! I'm like, this isn't this isn't a short story anymore, and I was worried, and you know, I just <laughs> I, I just let it go. It's like you know what? It's gonna be a book. It's fine. This will be the second yeah. piece of the short stories that ties everything together because it's kind of like it's a memoir of this kid's experience. Uh, like 20 years ago and you know i don't want to give too much away but uh okay. but it's um it's trippy writing writing stuff about high school as like i'm writing as my character reminiscing his fictional life and it's kind of like i don't know it's charlie kaufman's like you know <laughs> oh cool because i but, remember uh, reading your comic book too because we actually shared a table at yeah, uh, the latino comic expo a few years back and yeah. uh, I dug it, man. I was yeah, like thanks. wanting more, you know, it got, it got me interested yeah. in you as a writer and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Like, unfortunately, like I hit like after that, I hit like a financial snag. It was, it was okay. pretty bad. I was like crushing that. cans yeah. to make ends meet, you know what I mean? Like recycling. Uh, I so I, I, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't follow that anymore. Cause uh, you know, I had to pay the artist and I had to pay for the printing. I had to pay, you know, it, it, all that stuff accumulates, you know? Uh, it, but, it does. It does. You know, it's a, I, I know. I have firsthand experience with that. You know, especially with with the comics, and uh, because of that, you know, there was a time when I was kind of financially uh, in a bind and that kind of thing. So, as a writer, I said, you know what? Let me let me do prose writing and fiction mm -hmm. without the pictures, and uh, yeah. that definitely helped That's in smart. saving some cash. Absolutely. You know, because I didn't have to pay artists. Because with comic books, you know, sometimes you got to pay somebody for you know, the pencil, the ink, yes. and then if you don't do the lettering, you got to get lettering. them to do the lettering, someone to color it, you know, so there's, there's all these people you got to pay, but what, if you're just doing prose, it's just you and your imagination. Exactly. And, you know, eventually if you're going to self-publish, of course, the, the that printing course, but it's definitely uh, cheaper than having a whole crew that you have to pay to, to finish Absolutely, getting a man. final product, you know, yeah. Yeah. That's so, what and, then, and the cool thing with that is um, I won an award for my, I, I wrote a novelette actually, and I won, it, won an International Latino Book Award for my first novelette that yes. I wrote. So that, that, that was a rewarding experience. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Did you get like a trophy? Did you, was it like any monetary uh, like award or like did it? It wasn't a monetary, to, like, but it was like a certificate and uh -huh. uh, a medal. Yeah, and it was a medal. Yeah, man, you're getting recognized, and that has to mean something, right? I'm I mean, working like, on it. Yeah, you know, I'm working on it. it, 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 if, it, it if, if the universe didn't want no. you to do it, they wouldn't get you. Wouldn't gotten an award, you know? And, yeah, you know, yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I think I'm the same about that. Yeah, like I, I've gotten some awards too for like uh, filmmaking and and, and a scholar, like a, a sponsorship for writing for like you know for nice. my stories. I'm like, like, well, like, it, you know, I mean, there's some people who. Uh, they they do this every day and they're submitting stuff and they don't get recognized and you know I'm I'm submitting I'm getting some kind of recognition so it's kind of it's validating, but right, at the same time right. like what what I want to do what also you want to do it costs a lot of money because you have to pay other people to do it as a filmmaker you just 
you know, write a script, but you know, you have to, <laughs> you have to pay for the fucking thing. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I, I so, totally relate. I actually have a background in filmmaking as well. I, yeah. I studied cinema. Yeah, I studied cinema at a Art Center College of Design in Pasadena, as well as in, at a Los Angeles City College. Um, you know, and I, I worked, worked in the up, film industry and the music fit yeah. video industry for a short time as well. I wanted I wanted uh, to talk to you about your experience working and on Friday because when yeah. you told me that story, I thought it was incredible. It was a really good story, and I love. Yeah, I got my ice cube shirt out right now too. Yeah, boys that's right, dude. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. I, I was, didn't work I on wondering. Boys in the Hood, but yeah, Friday I worked on that. Yeah, that was back in uh, '94. Yeah. '94. Um, I had uh, actually dropped out of college. I, I dropped <laughs> out of the art center. Yeah, and yeah. I wanted to work in the film industry. And I met F. Gary Gray when he was shooting a music video for Coolio called The Fantastic Voyage. Uh -huh. It was funny because um, uh, the way I found out about that was I was listening to Power 106 and they made an announcement. They were looking for girls, uh, chicks, to be in uh, this Coolio music video. Yeah. And I thought, well, at that time I was single, you know, and I thought, oh, you know what? They're asking for chicks, but let me go down there because maybe I could pick up on a chick, you know? Uh, so anyways, <laughs> I, I went I went down there looking for, 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 for girls, you know? So I went with a couple of my buddies. And while I was there, because I was just around the set, they pulled me in as an extra. And I saw the director doing his thing, you know? And, and I had like ambitions to work in cinema and music yeah. videos and that kind of thing. So I waited until after the, the shoot and, and I approached the director and I said, hey, you know what? I told him, you know, uh, I, at that time, I think I was 18 years old, you know? And I said, I, you know, hey, I, I'm a young guy uh, um, with, with ambitions to work in the film industry. Would you have an opportunity for maybe for me to intern with you, you know? And um, he was real cool. He gave me his phone number. He said, look, I have a movie coming up. Just stay in touch with me and I'll let you know if we can bring you on. So I did that. You know, I didn't hound him. I, I waited maybe, I think, a week or something like that after he gave me his number. I called yeah. him. He said, uh, no, nothing right now. Call me in a couple weeks. I did that. And then uh, sure enough, uh, he, he got he got Friday. He was already doing music videos at that time. Yeah. And so he, he got he got the go ahead, the green light for Friday. And then uh, he brought me on, and then uh, how many, how many you know, times did you have to call him? How many times did you have to call him? Um, not, not many, you know, because I made sure, like, I, I would respect respect him because yeah. I knew, you know, he was a professional, yeah. and I did I didn't want to annoy him either, you know. So I think I called him uh, maybe like uh, two, maybe two or three times, but you know, uh, and I just followed what he said. You know, he said if he said call me in a week, uh, and I'll let you give you an yeah. update. That that's exactly what I would do, you know. Yeah, yeah, because it showed him that you you were serious, you know. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, and, and, and yeah, exactly. Out. Yeah, mm -hmm. and so he got yeah. Friday, and I remember he told me that at first they didn't want to. They got a different actor to play uh, Smokey, and it was who was that's it? right. It, it was the yeah. screenwriter actually. Um, the co-screenwriter was DJ Pooh, mm -hmm. and uh, he was originally uh, uh, slated to play uh, Smokey, but then uh, you know Chris Tucker came on, and he. He knocked the socks out it, right? of everybody. Everybody on that production was just like so blown away by Chris. And he he, he had been in a few things before that, but nothing yeah. major. And uh, um, yeah, the director loved him. The producers loved him. And then, you know, yeah, so he just he came on. And the rest cool. was history. Real, real cool guy, too, you know. And the funny yeah. thing is, is, see, I didn't really know who he was at that time. Yeah. So I was not starstruck. So anytime I was around him, I was real comfortable, never nervous. 
and he always treated me cool and always treated me nice and respectful and uh, a great yeah. great guy you know yeah i was uh it was, ice, it was ice a fun experience it was good was he okay like was he huh? like ice cube was he like the i think he was cool he was cool yeah. i was intimidated by him i was a young dude and he was a, a hardcore gangster rapper yeah <laughs> i was a big i was a big fan of his um but i kept my distance and uh that did he have a posse with him you know like his entourage no no no, no, no not, not that i remember you know he had his entourage working behind the camera a lot, like his cousin. I met his cousin, um, Emmett, um, his bodyguard. They were all kind of behind the camera. So, yeah, they were there, but it was like small number, not a not a huge yeah. entourage. Um, Did that production feel and like he, an And he was real movie? cool with me. He was real cool with me, too, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I, I didn't interact with him that much, but when I did, uh, he was real cool, respectful dude, um, real friendly guy, you know, yeah. I got you, man. And was that yeah. was that production? Did it feel like an independent production, or did it feel like a major oh, motion yeah, picture? Definitely, definitely. Um, it was it was a small production too, uh, shot in I think like maybe about two or three locations, mm -hmm. um, and uh, it was really interesting because um, at that time um, I was really into uh, black cinema, so like I was like really following. Um, filmmakers like Spike Lee and John Singleton and Mario Van Peebles and uh, it was a cool experience too because everyone behind the camera like like I would say like wow man like 70% were African Americans and uh, and that was kind of cool so it was like black yeah. folks making a black folks type of movie mm -hmm. and uh, so that was a really really cool experience. It was a breath of fresh air because it was at the time in the 90s where like area was just mostly white movies <laughs> you know yeah yeah, rare, yeah. Rare, you know there, there was black cinema yeah, but yeah. um hollywood at that time was known for being was heavily white you know yes and so, yes, so yes, it was yes. it was it was cool to be a part of that and um to be honest with you um i was actually surprised at how like i don't like how talented and just how professional every everybody mm. was who worked on that film like it didn't reflect the material that we were shooting because look <laughs> check it out like friday was funny right but it was just about it was about some like just hood dudes who were getting high and mm -hmm. you know who were, who were kind of knuckleheads right yeah, but yeah. the people behind the camera who were making that film were like the totally opposite yeah. totally opposite you know very articulate ethical professional <laughs> people of color you know uh, hey, were they really we blazing it? Like on the, on their on their shit, you know? Yeah. Were, were uh were they did they actually smoke weed, like you know like Chris Tucker or Ice T? I mean, um, no Ice, Ice Cube, Cube, no cop, no Cube. comment on that. <laughs> no comment on that. Yeah. So okay, all right. I would get anybody in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also remember you telling me when um the movie was finally like in the can and they screened it with the executives, um. Nobody would nobody laughed because the executives were mostly, you know, white white dudes. So it yeah, didn't play yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was afraid yeah, too. I was, I was real concerned about how it would be uh, received by the public uh, as a person who worked on it. Yeah. Because when they screened it for the execs, I think um it was screened across the street from Paramount Studios, uh, mm -hmm. and um not that many people laughed. <laughs> not that many people laughed during that screening. And um once it was finished, Ice Cube himself 
was standing at the door that where people would exit the the, sc yeah. the screening area, and he was just sort of like comforting people and trying to tell them like, hey, don't worry, this is for yeah, the kids. Gonna gonna like yeah, yeah, they're gonna like this. So he he was trying to like put a little uh, them, uh, yeah. Yeah, comfort. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, but you know what? What I found out statistically was is that was one of the highest grossing movies that that came out that year, yeah. uh, compared to you know the budget that was spent on it, and you know, look at look at what happened. Yeah, it became like a yeah, they, like they, a, a cult, 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 cult. You know? Yeah, yeah, cult yeah. Hit. And then they came, I remember came when out. The movie came two, out. What, what is it? Like two sequels, and uh, yeah, maybe they may they may even make another one with Chris Tucker returning. Who knows? I heard about that too, man. Um, yeah, like uh, with uh, with that movie, did that open up doors for you? I mean, I'm sure it did because, like, you were. I mean, was there like an after party well, and all that stuff? And you know, yeah, there was an after party. But actually, what what happened was, I just wound up continuing to work with that director, and uh, I worked with him on uh, a couple music videos after that. Yeah, yeah, and, um, yeah, and um, you know, was it? Did, and then I actually, and then he he actually opened up a post production facility in Beverly Hills, um, where where um, he had an avid system, uh, yeah. editing system there, and uh, he actually paid for me to get trained on how to use that system, and I wound up uh, overseeing the that edit bay uh, for for some time actually, and then I eventually went back to school uh, studying cinema because I wanted to direct myself. Yeah. So uh, that's that, that yeah. yeah, you made a short film. And I think you shot on on film because no, <laughs> digital didn't exist back then. You know, I, I, um, I actually, uh, yeah, so, some of them I shot on sixteen millimeter. I yeah. did a, a few short films, and then uh, some of them I just sh shot on my regular uh, VHS camcorder uh, and then did it together. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was good fun. The the film school days. Um, um, do you, yeah. do people still use Avid? Because I remember when I was going to film school, they showed us how to use. I don't know. Avid, you know, it's it been just a while since Pro, You know. It was, you know? Okay, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's been it's been some years now, but uh, yeah. at that time it was avid. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna read you a a quote from uh, Stephen King. It says, um, oh. <clears throat> "Amateurs sit and wait for inspiration. The rest mm -hmm. of us just uh, just get up and go to work." Uh, with people who have like day jobs and families, do you think that quote applies, or as as long oh, yeah. as you, yeah, 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 I think it applies to everybody for sure. You, you definitely got to get, uh, you got to like sit one hour. Yeah. You, you got to sit down and do it. You know, yeah. even if, even if it's late at night or early in the morning, whenever you get a chance, you got to do it. You know, you got to, you got to schedule time to do it. It's yeah. like exercise really, you know, sometimes you don't want to do it, Yeah, but, totally but you got to, you got to sit down and, 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 and crank it out um and what's your schedule what's even your as, as bad as it if, as bad as it might come out at first there's always that process of revising it putting mm -hmm. it through drafts that's that's basically been my process is putting it out there i mean uh, you know putting out when i say putting it out there like putting it on paper uh typing it out on my on my computer um yeah. and getting the idea out of my head into the physical into a physical form and then just going over it reading over it seeing where I can tighten it up. If it's cool, you know, leaving it yeah. alone, moving on and that kind of thing. And yeah, putting it through that draft process always seems to help me help to, to perfect it and make it come out exactly how I want it to. Yeah. I, I find when you're, when I'm editing, 
uh, it's so it's easier it's easier because you I have something to play with you know I have something to mold and put things here and there and add stuff take away stuff it's because you have something tangible to you know to manipulate which sure. uh, writing writing it takes me because uh, I'm used to writing screenplays and now that I'm writing like a like a, you know a narrative yeah uh, like it's 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 a little bit longer because you know have to write details and tones and all you know it's it's a it's a different beast you know. It is. It is. Yeah. It's just, it's just like writing a narrative compared to writing a comic book, too. Mm -hmm. Like, because when I'm doing a comic book, I'm thinking in sequential art form, the visuals and that kind of thing. And I'm also working with the artist, too, so that once I get the art, sometimes I'll tweak the dialogue or the captions so that it fits the art, you know, because the art may come out maybe a little bit different than how I've described it to the yeah. artist, you know. But when you're writing prose, you know, it's all on you. So that's where that's where the revisions come in and putting it through the drafts help. Um, also, if you could find a writer that you admire and you like their style, you know, you could kind of compare it to yeah. how they uh, told the story or described something. Um, not to plagiarize, but to yeah, be inspired yeah. by or to learn from them, you know? Yes. That, that, that seems to help. Uh, that, that helped me, like, because when I was writing... Um, the Good, the Bad, and the Chile, which was my mm -hmm. novelette. Um, I was reading um, Animal Farm, by, uh, uh, and uh, that book I thought was really cool. And I, and I was like, you know, I kind of modeled it after Animal Farm okay. uh, when I was writing that story. Yeah, I remember uh, you, you promoting that book. It's kind of like you said something about a kind of Roger Rabbit-ish. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it was kind of inspired by by that whole that whole uh, setup of the movie Who Framed Roger Rabbit, yeah. and uh, you know movies like um, Fire and Ice by by Ralph Bakshi and uh, Cool World. Um, yeah, I remember Cool World. You know those type of movies where they they mix animation and live action. Yes. Um, yeah. So that that was the inspiration in that, and I, I wanted to tell a story about this chili pepper from Mexico <laughs> who comes over as a as undocumented uh, immigrant and goes on this adventure. And uh, it's funny because I saw, I saw this illustration by uh, Memo Angelis of this chili pepper. And you know how they say uh, um, a picture is worth a thousand words. Well, yeah. this one picture that he drew of a chili pepper, a crazy looking chili pepper, it inspired me. And uh, my novelette came out to 20,000 words. So you could say his, <laughs> his, his picture inspired that 20,000 words uh, of story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's, uh, what's your routine? How do you, uh, like, what's your hour to write? Do you have a favorite hour to write? Or is it whenever you have available time? Yeah, when, actually, whenever I have time available, you know. Um, Sometimes, you know, I write in the morning, afternoon, at night. Um, I, I would say um, I regularly write uh, in the evening and at night. Yeah. And um, I just sit down and, and go at it and uh, cool. read it over, uh, um, make any revisions that I need to. Um, it, and it's uh, like every day I, do you having, write every having day? the internet now really helps too because if I have anything that I need to research yeah. or questions about, it's re re really fast in, in, in getting that research data done. Oh, for sure. Versus, you know, having to just always go to the library back in the day, you know? Absolutely. And going through yeah. like the deck of cards and looking for the book that you needed. Remember that? I don't yeah, know what it's called, yeah. but I remember I, that. I remember doing that in high school. Yeah, in, me too. Elementary school when I had to do research papers, you know, you'd have to go and look <laughs> it up and use the microfilm and that kind of thing. And I'm sure <laughs> all of those things are still uh, available to people, but definitely the uh, having 
internet access and Wi-Fi, it helps make make the writing process a lot smoother nowadays. Do you feel like, because you have the internet to do your research, is it is it slippery slope to uh, get distracted with social media? If you're like, oh, I'm gonna check Facebook, and then you just get into this wormhole, and it's like, oh shit, I, don't, I didn't even write anything in the past. Yeah, hour. yeah, it, it's happened. It's happened many times. Yeah. You know, I just gotta. Absolutely it's just a matter of discipline. You know, you just gotta say, okay, uh, enough of Facebook, enough of Instagram for right yeah. now. I need to focus on what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, I saw this gimmick on social media about like trying to get writers just less distracted. So they have the creator created this typewriter. It was basically a typewriter, but like digital, uh, like doesn't yeah. have any inter internet, or anything. You just type, you just write. And, uh, oh my, and it was like, they're selling it for $500. I'm like, that's stupid. That's like, it's like, that's a straight up scam. You know, why would somebody that pay $500 yeah. that doesn't have internet and you just type it like, like, a, like, a, like one of those word processors from the eighties, you know, uh, you know okay, what I'm talking about? Okay. Oh, like, no, like, no, it, oh my, that's a scam. And I can maybe I that helps somebody write. I don't it know. Does. Maybe it yeah, I see a lot of people like commenting. I'm like, I love this machine. It's like, are you serious? Oh, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, yeah, there are different gimmicks. You know, yeah. I guess whatever works uh, for 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 you, you know, uh, and and gets you writing, you know. But but definitely, yeah. you gotta just do it, like the Nike uh, slogan. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, as cliche as it sounds. Right? Do it and go at it. Yeah. I, yeah, because um, if you keep putting it off, like I got an idea, you know, one day I want to do this, it may never happen, you know. But if you start just going at it, putting that idea down on paper, in, into your phone, into your yeah. iPad, into your computer, whatever, and just the, you know, building off of that, building off of a sentence to a paragraph to a page, you know, to yeah. two pages, chapter, you know, and sooner or later you'll get it done, you know. It's just just a Absolutely. matter of doing it, yeah. Yeah, I was marveling at at the you know my the book that I'm writing right now. Oh my Jesus! Uh -huh. I'm like I'm in page uh, four hundred and 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 it's 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 getting there. I'm I'm reaching the moments because you know when you're a writer or creator, you have these scenes that you have in your head and you, you want to reach these scenes, you know, and you're trying yeah. to get there. And, and I'm finally reaching those moments in my book. It's like oh, I can't believe I'm finally here, you know. Like it's yeah, it's getting oh, cool. done, you know. It's yeah, just taking me a fucking long ass time to finish it, but uh. I, I devote every Friday night uh, to write, uh, to do something nice. creative. Uh, nice. you know, I do a little drinking and sometimes I get a drunk. <laughs> but, okay, okay. But you know, it's my, it's yeah, my day yeah, yeah. to unwind and write. You know, it's, I, deserve, right I go to work every day and act like a hum normal human being. <laughs> but uh, I mean, good. that's fine. That's yeah. But, you know, I noticed in recently, uh, I think it was when I first got a day job, uh, for, like working back in the workforce back in 2016. Because uh, yeah. I was working for my father for a very long time in his, uh, in his uh, trucking company. So I was able to, you know, make short films, have more liberty to pursue my creative, uh, you know, life. But with uh, having like, you know, being like being in corporate now, like it's 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 a different it's a it's different. So I come yeah. back home, you know, like exhausted. So I don't mm. you know. I It's hard enough to go to the gym and work out. And then after working in the gym, it's like 10 o'clock. I'm like, Jesus, because like I just can't sit down and write i mean i could write for an hour but it takes me about 30 30 to 40 minutes to get back into the groove of the story that i'm writing because i'm reading okay. whatever the day before rearranging sure. it and as i'm rearranging re 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 the paragraphs then it starts it starts becoming more and more and more you know what i mean and I that's how I, I work um but before i mean I, there maybe it's because of the story that i'm writing right now because i think i'm trying to, i'm getting burnt out 
because uh, the other stories that I, I, I was writing every day, like I got back from work and I wrote, I devoted at least an hour or 40 minutes or whatever every day. And I was, I was getting it done. Each story was taking yeah. me six months. Each short story was taking me six months to finish, except for this one, because it's a book. So it's been three years I've been writing this book. Um, nice. but, okay. um, so now, like, I wish I had the same discipline I had uh, four years ago while I was, where I took care of my business at home and then I went upstairs to write. But I haven't. I just like I, I, after I eat dinner, I'm fucking done. I'm I'm taking a mm. shower and going to bed. And I don't know. I just I'm, and I you know I feel guilty that I don't devote at least thirty minutes, forty minutes to to my work because I know even mm. if it's just like a little bit, it still yeah. adds something to 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 the story. It gets you know it's getting done. But mm -hmm. you know, writing, writing every weekend, uh, it's it's slowing me down. Uh, you know, so mm. I'm trying to trying to get myself mentally back into that headspace and i wanted to talk to a fellow writer like you and see how you do it do you get burnt out when you're writing something like if you're writing something every day do you do you have to step aside and just kind of like i need it i need something different i need to like take a like a hike go to the beach or you know step away from your work to get it to get refocused yeah yes definitely definitely sometimes i do get burnt out i guess um trying to think when that happens um I actually yeah, go outside, do some grocery shopping. Um, yeah. Uh, or even maybe they take a break and watch a movie now on Netflix. Um, uh, what are you watching right now? Read a comic book. Um, I, I'm not watching any series right now on Netflix. I'm not watching anything actually right now on Netflix. Yeah. But uh, the, the last couple of movies that I saw was, uh, were animated movies, Over the Moon. I really enjoyed that. And... Uh, there's one called Nazha. They, both of them had this, uh, have, have like an Asian theme to it, which is kind of cool because May is uh, the Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. So I kind of got into that on Netflix. And uh, so, so that, that was enjoyable. So yeah, getting those type of little distractions help when I, when I get um, yeah. maybe burnt out or tired on, on a story. But most of the, t most of the times, uh, I'm so jazzed to complete it Cause I also, I set it kind of, kind of set a target for myself yeah. and I want to get it done by a certain date. Now it's maybe for a, a, an event that I'm going to exhibit at, or even a book competition. So I have that deadline there. So I, I'm eager to get it done um, by the deadline. So like, I don't normally get uh, burnt out um, because I do like take a break. Um, mm -hmm. And then once I get back into it, I'm kind of jazzed about the story. Uh, some of the things that I like, some of the things I don't like, I try to work on that to improve it. Um, so I, I, I get engaged in it. And then also like the whole process of like doing research and learning new things is, is kind of makes things fresh for me too. And, uh, and I like that. And, and so I can also incorporate what I learn into my writing. I see. And, um, you know what it helps me too, like when mm. uh, when I I I take a shower and then you know I, I put on some shoes. I, I dress like I'm going to work. And okay. That helps my my brain to switch. I'm not I'm not dicking around All the computer. Right. I'm I'm at work. You know what I mean? I have some nice okay. clothes on, my shoes on, and it helps me. It helps me get in the groove. And it does. I, it's so so weird, you know. Uh, yeah, just, yeah. Just I, I know what matrix. you mean. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't usually when I'm at home, I don't usually get dressed up. I'm still in my PJs, but I do like you know wash up, 
um, you know, and, and get organized and that kind of thing and treat it as if like I were going into the office, you know? Yes. Um, yeah. So that, yeah, that definitely helped. I, I treat it like a, as a professional activity, even though I may be lounging in my PJs, I still, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, treat it as a professional activity. And it was funny that you were saying that you were working with your dad's trucking company. When I started doing comic books too, uh, I was working for my mom's business as well. She has a physical therapy clinic and I was doing medical billing for her. So yeah, I had a lot more time to write at that time because working yes. for the family business, yeah. I was able to control my hours a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So I had certain days during the week when I could write more um, and work on comic book related uh, activities. So, so that really helped, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so that definitely helps when you could kind of organize your, your work schedule, your day job schedule in a way that you could, you could still create and, and, and do your writing. Um, you know, um, yeah. have you heard, have you seen the movie ready, ready player one read the book? I, I, I've seen the movie. Yes. Yeah. So the, the author of that book, uh, Ernest Klein, um, he, it took him 10 years to finish that book and he had a day oh, job wow. and he has a, he had a, he had a family or he has a family. And okay. uh, I heard his interview on coast to coast, uh, AM mm -hmm. And yeah. it was very inspiring because he worked, I believe he worked at a, at a bank and he said he came home, uh, just exhausted. Sometimes he didn't write, but when he did write, he would, he wanted to finish his book and it took him 10 years and look what happened. Steven Spielberg directed his book, you know, right, it's, right. it's trippy. And yeah. like, that was very, it was inspiring. It's like, well, if this cat did it and it took him 10 years to finish it, I mean, I, I hope my story doesn't take 10 years, but if it does, right. it, you know, it does. I hope I mean, my greatest fear is getting hit by a car and I won't be able to finish my work, you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, you it, know, it, take, you know? it takes as long as it takes sometimes, yeah. you know, um, yeah, because of personal circumstances, work circumstances or whatnot, you know, it, it, it'll take a longer, a long period of time, yeah. short period of time. Yeah, it, it all depends. But I, I think the main thing is being able to, to, to sit down and write. You know, you got to write. And uh, find time to write. If you got the family, if you got the day job, uh, whatever kind of uh, conditions you got going on, you gotta definitely make the time to write and and make it make it a fun process too. You know, so yeah. it's something that you want to do, so, something that you like not dreading. You know, yeah, it's um, not work. It's it's yeah. what you love to do. And, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And set, okay. I would say also you could set small goals for yourself too so that once you reach them you know you know, maybe finish a chapter uh finish telling a certain scene and uh you know maybe then take a break and then come back at it so that you're you know refreshed and your mental juices are yeah. flowing is, is, is maybe maybe and a good good thing to how, do how many drafts do you do you take before you give it out to people oh to man that's a good question yeah. it, it varies for different projects but 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 usually you can like few, edit yeah. it, and edit it over and over again. You know what I mean? It's never you know. Yeah, but but for myself, like I, I've, I to be honest with you, I'm 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 I've been self published all this time, so I've never worked with the editor. Um, but yeah. for myself, as far as me wearing the editing hat of my own work, um, I, I you know, I, I, obviously I would go over it, proofread it, and that kind of thing, make sure it flows and that kind of thing. But then as a writer, as far as draft wise goes, like um. Uh, it, it will usually take me a, a few drafts, um, several drafts actually, until mm -hmm. I feel really comfortable with, uh, you know, being able to present my work yeah. to the world or turn 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 it in. Yeah. Yeah, with because um, with the two first short stories that I I wrote, uh, I I got an I found an editor, a story editor, and it was through a friend, and 
Uh-huh. Uh she's uh she's a teach she's an English teacher and she's edit other she 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 wants to be a story editor professionally. Oh, and okay. I, you know, I hit her up and uh it's very different to give you know, to get notes about your story, about adding things, deleting things, giving more details, seeing seeing a bunch of red marks everywhere. It's like, oh shit. <laughs> um, I, it's just, um, you know, I don't, I'm very open to all all these suggestions because you know, I, I don't want to be. I they they only want to uh, heighten your story. They're they're doing this to it is a constructive criticism. You know. Yeah, and, yeah, and both, that definitely you know? helps. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm totally I, open for it, but it still sucks to see all those red marks, you know. <laughs> it, it does, yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel you, yeah. You know, actually, when I wrote my first novelette, um, uh, an actually another author friend of mine, uh, Reina Grande, who I actually took writing classes with, so she's a a mentor of mine. She actually uh, uh read over my my first draft and mm-hmm. and edited it and gave me pointers of what I needed to work mm-hmm. on uh, and what what could be edited out, and that that actually really helped. Yeah. In, the, in that process, yes. Yeah. So it, it, it definitely can be beneficial if you have someone uh, who, who's trained, you know, and who can who you, who you value their their constructive criticism and feedback to re- to read over your material and and let you Absolutely. know what works and maybe what what didn't work and uh, you know uh, take it from there. Yeah. And um, how do you feel? Because I've gotten this a lot, especially at work. Um, uh-huh. How do you feel? How do you feel when people say what you're doing is a hobby? Like, oh, oh my god like nice yeah I, i've had that happen I, yeah. i've heard that so many times yeah, you know um, me off. I, I just i guess i it pisses me off and i i just bite my tongue and just acknowledge yeah, them. Me too. maybe maybe for them that's what they see it as you know because i've had like people who who they're not artists themselves you know so they, mm. they cannot really relate you know absolutely and so they, they they look at it as a hobby or something that kids do or something like that you know Yeah. And I'm like, no, man, you know, adults make comic books, you know, even, even though yeah. some material might be might be juvenile, that doesn't necessarily mean that the people who make it are juveniles, you know. And you know uh, so yeah, when, I, when I hear comments like that yeah. or, 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 or that, um, you know, yeah, that, that it's a hobby, uh, uh, you know, I just say, okay, yeah. if, if they think it's that way, I, I just try to know it myself in my mind that that's not what I'm what I'm doing. I mean, um I treat I treat it as a professional activity, um, and uh, you know, and and, and go yeah, like, from there. Because in the end, people who I mean, people who say that it's a hobby. On my, you're watching television, you read books, you read magazines. I mean, are these you know you could consider that a hobby, right? But you're reading it. You're you're consuming this art that you consider a hobby and you're like being a dick about it <laughs> right you know well, you know and, uh, uh, it could be too that they've never met anyone who's made it professionally doing what you you know intend to do you know yeah. so maybe for them they they think you know it's a hobby or some kind of like activity that you do for fun yeah. but um yeah. i i get with those people once you you know, you make something or you produce something or publish something, you could show it to them. And, and that's just another, that's just a, another example of, of, of a product, you know, yeah. something professionally done. And you could say, hey, you know, look, look at this, you know, or yeah. look at this award that I won or, yeah. you know, look Drop at the book mic. that I sold, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, I had a, I had a manager that, uh, it was funny because like, we have meetings about getting to know each other. And uh, and she's like, oh, what do you like to do? It was like, oh, I'm a writer. Like, I want to, you know, I want to be a 
an author is like, oh, that's just a hobby. Oh my, oh my, really? Oh my, you're trying to get right. to me, know me, and like this is like the things like, oh, that's a hobby. But here's the thing. Like yeah. then we had another meeting uh, several weeks later with like a whole group, you know, group of the department trying to get to know each yeah. other. Yeah. And then it circled back to me of what I do. And she said it to the whole to the whole damn group. It's like, oh, it's a hobby. And people were defending me. So it's not a hobby and blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's like what, is, what is up with this bitch? <laughs> so yeah. Why does she have to do that in front of people, you know? Yeah, like, it's like, it's like hey, she got threatened. There, you know? Yeah, got threatened there's definitely haters out there who are yeah. going to put you down for having an ambition to create yeah. or do something that they can't do. And you just got to like, keep on going, going, you know, keep on trucking. I was Don't really angry when she said that in front of the whole group. I'm like, are you serious? Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Uh, I'm like, that doesn't sound cool at all. No, it's not. I'm like, I, told, I, I, I said in my head, I was like, Christian, you're getting paid to be here. You know what I mean? If this was like at a bar, but you know, I had to think about my paycheck. So I said, so, okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, how, let me see. Um, I'm gonna look through my notes. Oh, who yeah. are your favorite? Who are your favorite writers? Okay, wow, that, that's a good question. Yeah, yeah I think comics definitely Stan Lee. You know, he kind of laid down the foundation for the Marvel universe, and uh, I love his sense of humor, his characters. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and uh, um, what do you feel about the controversy? Controversy that's going on with Stan Lee right now that a lot of people are saying like he didn't. He was just the face of Marvel. He didn't really have too much contribution in the in in the in the, in the characters that that we all know right now did you hear about the controversy they're kind of like i wouldn't i wouldn't agree with that you know i think he was a very influential person in the whole process of creating these characters definitely definitely you know the artists who co-created with them should get uh credited you know like jack kirby and yeah. steve ditko and all the other various artists who and writers who contributed to the Marvel Universe definitely should get credit. But yeah, he, he was definitely the, you know, the, the dude in command, the dude running things, the dude who started the, started the kind of getting the ball rolling and, and over there and, and supervising things and whatnot. So um, yeah. I definitely think, uh, you know, yeah, he definitely deserves the, the credit he, he's Absolutely. due. It's like um, Walt Disney, yeah. you know what I mean? Like he has like exactly. the idea, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's just the cancel culture that's going on right now. Everybody has to, wants to cancel everybody. Yeah, so yeah. But uh, that's neither here or there. But uh, is there right, any other right. comic book, any and, other writers and, that you like? And, and then in, in in comic books, you know, um, a bunch, <laughs> a bunch of different writers. I would say like, um, I, I'm kind of drawing a blank right now, but um, um, you know, you know who I like to read is a uh, I like to read a lot of Stephen King stuff. It's just like I like that that like the stuff that he cranks out. I mean, not all of it's because he write he writes a lot, so not everything's gonna be good. But the stuff that he created when he was younger was it's amazing. It's like almost like I read the Green Mile in high school. Oh my, this okay. is great. Oh my, this is yeah. like this is literature, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, I read some of the Green Mile as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say like um, uh, someone like uh, J.R.R. Tolkien. I love mm -hmm. The Hobbit. Um, and uh, actually, Mark Twain, man, I, I love um, Huckleberry Finn. Uh, those, yeah. those type of authors really uh, influenced me as far as their storytelling mm -hmm. and uh, character development and dialogue. You know what, author, yeah. you know, because this year I'm trying to broaden my, my horizons. I'm, 
I'm reading authors that I normally wouldn't read. And, you know, I, I heard a lot about Ernest, uh, I mean, Ernest, uh, Oscar Wilde, and I never read any of his stuff. So I, I went to the bookstore, you know, the beginning of the year in January, and I bought I bought uh, the picture of Dorian Gray, and I never read it before. Mm. I had no idea what it was about, and it was great. I was I love reading it. It was kind of like a Twilight Zone type of story, you know. I, have you do you I, do you know? Are you familiar with the story? I've heard I've heard of, I've heard of him. Yeah, I don't think I've read his work yet. Well, in that story, it's about this painter paints this portrait of a of a gorgeous man, and the guy is saying it's like, isn't it crazy that this is going to be like anything? In the future, you're just gonna. This is gonna be the youngest. This is gonna be your, the portrait of your beauty and everything. When you get older, you're just gonna look at this. And it's always gonna be beautiful. And then the main character said, Dorian Gray says, like, I wish the picture, the painting, would grow old and I will stay young forever. And that happens. And mm. he turns out he turns out to be a piece of shit. You know, <laughs> so he he turns out to be like the most devious person you ever met. Like he's not. Everybody in the end, he hated. he destroys a lot of lives. And it's it's a really good story. I'm like, damn, this is. Okay. I should read this in high school, man. I can't believe it took me like 20 years to read this, you know? All it's right. totally up my alley. I had no idea what was, what was it about, but I was completely surprised and uh, su surprised that I read something like that. Was yeah, like, it's, it's always cool to read some good classic writing, you know? Because yeah. it's uh, to me, it's actually refreshing, even even though it can be kind of old writing. Yeah. Um, but but re reading some something from a, someone who's got some talent and uh, who's been recognized for their work... Um, See, like, it definitely helps me to, to, to grow as a writer as well. But I was also, you were asking me in comics too, I would say um, Brian Michael Bendis. I really like uh, his writing style too, because it's, it, his dialogue is real, like witty, and it, it really moves really fast. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, yeah, I really, I really enjoy uh, his writing. What, what about like filmmakers? Do you like, do you have a favorite filmmaker that is like, that you're say like, once it comes out you want to check it out right away because yeah really I, would, I would i would say starting with like you know spike lee mm -hmm. um you know i really love his his work and his sort of uh view on the world and um definitely am a fan of um martin scorsese uh yeah. love goodfellas um yeah, it's a really good movie um, I, I I love all the cinema he's done with Leonardo DiCaprio too. Um, uh, also uh, Robert Rodriguez. I, I, yeah. uh, man, I've been a fan of his since El Mariachi came out, mm -hmm. um, and uh, I, I love his action, you know, and how he incorporates uh, the Mexican <laughs> and the Latino culture yeah. in, in his films. You know, and, um, I like yeah. that how. Um... I, I, I had the opportunity to hear him like uh, speak at a at a luncheon. And it was very inspiring because like he lives in Texas and he brought you know people to the studio, and uh, you know like Bruce Willis and Jessica Alba and all that. Like they're working with him and he does yeah. outside the film film studio, and he makes independent movies. And I think he said that he's not even part of the DGA, and because of that, he's not going to be he's not eligible to win an Academy Award at all. And he says like um, I, 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 I didn't. Join. I didn't make movies to win awards. I make movies to you know to make the movies I want to watch. Yeah, I, I think Spike Lee was like. I think Spike Lee had a similar situation too. Um, I'm I'm not sure if it's that way still, but um, I, I guess some of these guys kind of protest the DGA because of 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 the way that Hollywood has sort yeah. of uh, portrayed certain races in the past. So mm -hmm. I think that might be why they have a little beef and they're just being. Uh, outspoken about it 
Yeah, I mean, I heard that. Robert Rodriguez is so talented, you know. Uh, yeah. James Cameron, uh, another uh, a director that I really enjoy watching uh, his uh, cinema. Um, F. Gary Gray, who I worked on Friday with. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I dig um, Straight Out of Compton was great. I remember seeing that in the theater twice, and this oh, really? was before COVID, you know. So yeah. it was always packed in there, you know, and the lines yeah. are like. Uh, like I had not seen lines to go to see a movie like that in a long time. Um, so, so that was kind of cool to, to, to see that or yeah, to experience it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I miss, I miss like in high school or before, like when you had digitally bought your tickets online and the seats were reserved that you had to go, you really had to watch the movie. You really wanted to watch the movie because you had to Uh. Show up like two hours ahead of time so you could be the first person in line, and you sure. took pride that you showed up. And you're getting the best seats in the house instead of like yeah, yeah. You know I, I remember when you in the back, you know, yeah. and I'm like oh, I, I totally, that. totally. Like, I remember when Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom came out. This was uh, might have been before your time. It was when I was in <laughs> elementary school, yeah. and uh, yeah, I got together with a couple of my friends. Uh, one of their dads drove us to the Man's Chinese Theater in Hollywood. And we had to wait on a line that like went literally like way around the, around corner, the right? block, up the block. I mean, there yeah. was like, it could have been at least maybe a hundred or so more people ahead of us, but we managed to get tickets and we were in the back and, but we sat there and watched it. And like <laughs> the whole movie experience was just amazing back then too, yeah. because everybody was like into it, really into it, you know? Yeah. Cause people still get into much- it nowadays, but, uh, when it's when it's opening night for a, a big blockbuster like that was 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 quite a quite an experience yeah yeah man I remember because I, I, I saw I saw I saw actually saw yeah. uh, King Kong versus Godzilla uh, on uh, opening day when on it the came theater? out but yeah in the theater oh really but, but it was like it it was cool but I had to wear my mask and mm. uh, there was socially distanced seating. Yeah. And uh, it, I, I enjoyed the movie, but definitely wasn't the same uh, kind of movie experience as yeah. uh, when I went to see Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom. Oh, for sure, man. Like, it's yeah. Different, it's different, it's different aesthetic. And oh, uh, yeah. I remember when um, the George Lucas prequels to Star Wars came out, and I remember when the, the Return of the Sith came out. I was uh, in my early 20s and my because we bought tickets for Midnight. And uh, my friend calls me on my phone, like the Nokia phone. He's <laughs> uh-huh. like, Christian, like what? It was like, it was 12 in the afternoon. Like it was one o'clock. It's like, and he's like all frantic. He's like, there's already a fucking line. I'm like, you got to be over here, man. It's like, oh shit, I'm <laughs> at work right now. I can't clock out. So as soon as yeah. like, I got out of work, I, I went home. I took a shower, took a shit and went fucking, you know, went, <laughs> you know, stand in line and shit, you know? Yeah. Was, yeah. I remember that. It, it was like the, the spectacle. Of, you know, you know these guys are all dressed like Vader, and they're all having lightsaber fights and stuff. It was it was fun. It was great. Oh, that's cool. I don't, I don't that's see cool. that anymore. You know, it's ah, uh, yeah, it's cool when the fanatics get into it. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's what I miss. Uh, do people still do? Because I also I don't go to midnight uh, premieres anymore because I you know I'm older and I will probably fall asleep watching the movie, and the next day I have to go to work. And I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I went to, still do I that. Went to the midnight premiere. Of uh, Phantom Menace, and I fell asleep during that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the last time I did a midnight, uh, uh, you know, showing thing, I was for the Man of Steel. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, that was the last midnight movie that I saw. Yeah, I mean, and, I don't uh, know. Even if I'm tired, I don't normally uh, fall asleep on a movie. So that that kind of goes to show you how much yeah. I didn't like Phantom Menace. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> During because of COVID, we were watching the the prequels, and we started with Phantom Menace because you know, Gordon in order. And I was watching right. like this is terrible. I thought this would yeah. age, you know, because there's oh some movies God, that you yeah. watch. It's like, oh, this this is good. This is a good. But I, I hate to talk bad it. about anybody's art, but yeah. I mean, it, that was pretty horrible. I mean, yeah. the dialogue was just like, it was terrible. The storytelling yeah. was just awful. It was just yeah. bad. I mean, he sh Lucas should have definitely had uh, someone else do that, you know, do yeah, that the, movie, with write the, the story. You know, George he should have just Binks, sat back as yeah. an executive producer or something. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with you because there was some serious moments in the Phantom Menace, and then Jar Jar Bink cuts in with his fucking comedy. I'm like, this is not appropriate right now. I'm like, he took out of the story, you know? Right, uh, right. But you know what I do enjoy watching right now? Um, what we watched because of the pandemic last year was uh, the Rebels and the Clone Wars, and those oh, were yeah. those were great, man. Have you watched those mm -hmm. uh, series? I I, I liked um, uh, Rogue One. I, I thought Rogue One and the uh, yeah. and the yeah. last of the Star Wars movies that came out, I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, they're yeah. pretty good. Rogue One was was really sick. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, I don't like the last one. What's it called the last Skywalker, the Rise of Skywalker? That I like okay. that one. I like that. Yeah, I, was I, thought okay. it was cool. I, I thought it was cool that you know they brought back uh, um most of the main characters you we know were in that movie in some shape or form. Yeah. Uh, so I, I that I really appreciated that. And then find finding out in the end who uh Ray was related yeah. to was was really cool. And um yeah, that was not, yeah, I, 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 I enjoyed it. it. I enjoyed that one. I didn't watch that movie again because I, I wanted to check it out because I was I was in the movie theater and I like watching movies, like also like Check rechecking them out here in my you know my home, my living room to get a okay. you know, different experience. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, like I enjoyed those those movies, uh, but a lot of people didn't like the last the last Jedi. I thought it was entertaining too. I mean, yeah, I heard movie, a lot though. of bad things online and that kind of thing, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was I thought it was nice. You know, it was it like was when I saw the movie, I commented on Facebook it's like, ah, oh, this movie's pretty good, and then another writer hit me up on my comments like. As a writer, I am disappointed that you like this movie. I'm oh like, my god! Fuck you! <laughs> oh my! Oh my! Who, who the fuck are you to tell me this? You know? Oh like, man, that's cool. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't chew him out or anything like that. But oh my, this condescending prick! I was like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, but I don't know. It's just people. Just they have to make you feel bad for liking things for some reason. Yeah, it's a movie. some people like right. that. Yeah, and it's all <laughs> subjective, you know. Um, but whatever. <laughs> but all, all those movies, like I mean, I I create not to be not to be famous. Uh, I want to I want people to enjoy my work. I want yeah, me to too. Escape, you know, I want them to to feel the same emotions that I felt when I was creating yeah. stories. You know what I mean? Because it's just not sure. it's not it's not just it's not a product. Even though it is the business and it's an industry, it's a it's part it's a part of me, and uh, I want them to feel you know the laughter or or cry at the moments that you know wrote, that are meant to be felt that way. And I want them yeah. to connect. I want them to to connect, and that's what I want to do with uh, with not only my writing and also you know this uh, podcast. I want to connect with people, and nice. uh, yeah, yeah, it's all it's all about connections, relationships, and that's what I want to do with my with my creative career. So yeah, <laughs> go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man. Uh, what's the, so what's your next uh, what's your next project, man? Um, next project is um. Hmm. Because I know you have a kids book called the, the taco, like a taco. Yeah, I, I, I.
I, I came out with, a, I released a taco book for kids yes. on Cinco de Mayo. And I'm really happy about that because we talk about, in that, in that I talk about all the different types of tacos there are from asada to pastor, pescado, and even vegan tacos. And at yeah. the end of the, the story too, I have a, a recipe for kids where it's like a gluten-free and a, a dairy-free recipe for tacos too. So so that's cool. And and, and it got uh, nominated actually for International Latino Book Award. So I think okay. I'll find out in a few months uh, whether it wins or not. Yeah, so I'm happy about that. So that was a kid's book. Um, my first hardcover kid's book uh, that I released this Cinco de Mayo. And um, and I'm just, I have some other stuff in, in the works right now. I don't, I don't really like to talk about it until it's finished. I That's see. sort no, of my, my method as a, as a creative person. So, so mm -hmm. for the stuff, for the stuff that's out of it, that's out right now, where can people yeah. find it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Definitely on, on Amazon. Yeah. Um, my, my, my main uh, award-winning novelette you could find on Amazon. And yeah, what's it called? called? The, the good, the good, the bad, and the Chile. Right on. There you go, you guys. Yeah. Check it out. And, um, is that like, do you have like a website too, or is it just on Amazon? It's just on Amazon right now. Usually I may, I may post little tidbits on Facebook. People can follow me on Facebook yeah. and Instagram under Philip Victor. Um, and uh, yeah, usually I kind of give updates on that and also events uh, on Facebook and Instagram, give uh, updates on events that I'm going to be exhibiting at. Like uh, next week, I'm, I'll be exhibiting at uh, my first uh, virtual con called... Uh, um, uh, art and act the, the uh, art and activism con. It's being uh, hosted by David Heredia, who's also a a, a writer and a, a children's book uh, uh, illustrator. And um, so yeah, he's hosting that. Uh, so you could you know just uh, follow yeah. my Instagram and Facebook for more information. Oh, for sure, that. for sure. And um, do you know when's the next time you're going to be on the, at a physical comic con? Is that still uh, like not, not yet, right but, but hopefully soon. Hopefully yeah. soon. Yeah. Uh, what was the last one that you did that before you know the shit hit the fan? <laughs> uh, yeah, what, yeah, that's a good question. Um, hmm. It's been a while, huh? It, it, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah the la the last one I did. Um, well, we did have a Latino Comic Expo in Long Beach. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think that was one of the one of the last ones that I did. Yeah. Okay. I think so maybe, uh, maybe maybe the next time they have another uh, Latino Comic Expo, we can share a table again. Absolutely, man. Yeah, <laughs> I you know I I keep on saying that I'm gonna self-publish these two short stories next year, next year. Like I don't know, like I got some feedback recently, but I haven't gotten back to my uh, story editor because we're doing three revisions, and she's gonna do the last revisions before you know I I do the the digital version and all. And when when I finally send it to people to read it, you know, like yeah. Well, yeah, I, I want to print it out and all that stuff. And once I do, I would love to, you know, have another table next to you and, you know. Ah, that'd be cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. That'd be excellent. I, 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 I really enjoy doing those shows because you get to meet the fans, you know, face-to-face uh, -face and, and then also the whole camaraderie that's there with all the other yes. uh, authors and creators and artists and people exhibiting there is, is a lot of fun. And. Okay, I just remembered a question. What is the worst advice anybody has given you in uh, your writing or your in your uh, career as a career as an entertainer? Do you, mm. do you, has anybody been giving like terrible advice? <laughs> well, yeah, huh? <laughs> I, 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 you know, uh, I wouldn't say that. Well, well, when you had er mentioned earlier about calling it a hobby, that wouldn't mm. be advice, but 
uh, I don't I don't like that. I don't like that type of attitude toward toward the the yes. my career as a writer it, it being a hobby. Um, advice wise, um, I, I think someone someone once said to me that uh, don't worry about getting your material out there. People will come to you. Mm -hmm. I, I don't I don't think that's correct. You got to put your material yeah. out there. You got to promote Absolutely. yourself. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't got a whole lot of bad advice. Um, when it, when I mean, it that's a pretty good art. one, though. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, you have to hustle it because you know, you gotta hustle it. You gotta be confident about your work and um, and get it out there into people's hands so that they can uh, appreciate it, not appreciate it, but just be, be, be able to be exposed to, to, your, mm. to your material. Yeah, because yeah. uh, the more stuff you have, the more it's like, oh, this he has like a, a like a collection. Like he has, he's not just yeah. a one hit wonder. You know, he has like he has yeah, yeah, exactly. Too, yeah, the more stuff you have out there, the the less people think of you as like a dilettante mm -hmm. that you're doing it as a hobby. Yes. That you're you're committed to it, um, whether you're making money or not by it, but that you that you're you're being professional about it and committed to your craft. And um, what's one advice that you could give uh, somebody who wants to get into the comic book game or be a writer? Is there any advice that you give uh, some young cats? Yeah, just de definitely, you know, start creating uh, with your own ideas, with your own concepts. Um, if you get influenced by certain, like, characters that are in Marvel and DC, that's cool. And if you want to do some fan fan art, that's cool, too. But but I would definitely encourage people to just come up with their own ideas, come up to come up with things that they won't have any problem with the copyright infringement or that kind of thing if they were to self-publish yeah. or put the material out there. Because if you do fan art, that's cool. But if you put it out there, you could get into legal trouble by the copyright owner of that fan art, you know? So try to come up with original concepts, original ideas, and and you never know where it can go. I mean, look at like Ninja Turtles, you know? Mm -hmm. That that definitely blew up and 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 you know, you know, the rest yeah. is history with that 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 brand and that kind of thing. It went went to into toys and video games and movies and whatnot. And it just started from like an idea that somebody had on how yeah. they could be a different and creative with a comic book character, you know. Yeah, um, he, he was uh, selling those comic books in his garage. Right. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. It's so so I, I would definitely say just start out creating your own things and get it get get it out there so people can see. And um, that, that, that would be my advice for, uh, I, I guess, anybody, whether it be comic books or screenwriting or whatever, you know, you, you just got to do it and, uh, and get it out there. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good advice, man. Yeah. Um, so I reached the part of my show where I'm going to do a top seven because every time I'm about to end the show, I'm going to do yeah. like a type of Letterman type of top 10 list. But I don't want to okay. get sued. Uh, so okay. I'm doing a top seven. <laughs> so top seven, okay, that. okay. That's a, it's a good number. Seven days of the week. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Uh, okay. Sometimes they're jokes. Sometimes they're jokes. When I feel funny, I'll write some jokes. But uh, sometimes <laughs> okay. they're lists. And we'll we'll, we'll uh, talk about it as we get to number one. You know what I mean? Okay, okay. So, uh, okay, so uh, top seven uh, ways to get inspired to create. Because, you know, the topic. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, number seven, uh, people watching, like eavesdropping. Do you do that? Yeah. Do you eavesdrop? Do you people watch? Oh man, most definitely, especially yeah. not sometimes not even intentionally, but like I could be out shopping, I could be out doing things, and I'll hear some a conversation someone's mm -hmm. had, and, and, and something they say might interest me, and I'll put it in the story. Yeah, I yeah. do that all the time. It's because I'm a quiet guy. Like 
at, at work or anywhere I go, I just like, you know, I just do my thing. And, and I just, I mean, I, I have eyes and I have ears, so I'm watching people. Yeah, yeah, you know? why not? Put yeah. it to use. Yeah, exactly. for sure. Uh-huh. And, um, and I, when I was a kid, um, there's this um, a mentally challenged person that, that always asked for money. And I think he had like autism. And mm. um, I, he, he, a lot of kids called him an ip because uh, every time he said ip, or you said ip, he would repeat it back. And mm. uh, I remember he also had an uncle. Uh, he treated him very mean. He was like at uh, Lucky's. Remember Lucky's, the grocery store? Yeah, yeah, I remember Lucky's. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was. At, he, his uh, uncle snapped at him really bad. And I was a kid, and I, and even though the this person was an adult, he like he shrunk up like a child, and that stuck with mm. me. And because of that, I wrote a story. I already wrote this story about uh, this character with a mean uncle who has autism, and uh, it's it yeah. Like from that, I wrote this story, and uh, yeah, it's because of you know unintentionally, I just watched somebody you know, like his uh, confrontation with his ugly uncle. So yeah, so people watch. It helps. People watch, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, do it, do it. Okay, uh, number, <laughs> number six. Can get. Exactly. Uh, number six, stepping outside your comfort zone. Because, uh, you know, uh, I, as as humans, we're creatures of habit. So we, we try to stay in our comfort zone. But, you know, if you want to, learning, being older, I understand that I need to step out of my comfort zone to do different yes. You know, so I could, so I could feel like something different. That I experience something different, and that adds to the tools that you know when I'm writing. You know, is what's one thing that you stepped out of your comfort zone? I would say, like recently too, actually, as a matter of fact, um, because I love being an artist too. I started designing clothing, and I'm I'm not oh, okay. really used to that at all. So yeah. I started up a, a clothing line for for ladies called Lady Rainbow. And uh, here's one one of the pieces right here. So one of the tops. Okay, and is that like the first one? Yeah, like a, like. A... Yeah, that's one of the first ones, and then, and then uh, another one right here. Uh, yeah, it has a little print. Oh, okay, it. that's cool. Yeah, design yeah. that. That's pretty yeah, good. So, yeah, so um, that was stepping out of my comfort zone definitely um, because it was something that I don't have any. Uh, um, schooling, in, but it, it, but I just I just love doing it and um, and and it's been fun, you know. So I'm building that up. You can look it up on uh, Lady Rainbow Brand mm-hmm. um, on Instagram and Facebook okay. for for to see some more of the pieces that I'm doing. So uh, that that's that's been a challenge, and yeah. uh, it's cool because it's like my creative juices are flowing, but just in a different fashion, no you know. Yeah, and um, and I'm enjoying it very much. Yeah, like what I'm doing outside my comfort zone is uh, I started doing stand up. Uh, okay. You know, uh, it was my second time because, like, when I started doing it, the pandemic hit and everything was shut down. So I was able to do it one time in January in 2020 before, you know, yeah. everything was locked down okay. in March. Because my plan yeah. was to do it every month. And then, you know, the people were doing it Zoom. But since I'm just starting out, uh, it I need to be like in the stage, I need to do it like the way it's supposed to be done, you know? Uh, and this now with everything opening up, I found a place in Melrose that they had it. They had a live, you know, with, it was with other comics though. Oh, uh, okay, like like, yeah, it was open mic, but nonetheless, I was still terrified. I was like, I was telling my mom's like, oh, I feel like throwing up and blah, blah. And then my mom's <laughs> all like, well, why, why, why are you doing this? So I'm like, cause uh, I want to make people laugh. <laughs> yeah, sure. Why but, not? Yeah. You just got to get over that, yeah. that experience, that yeah. those nerves. I'm sure everybody goes through it. 
but that's good that to, to, to get out there and stand up in I, front of you know people yeah, and do your because i never would do that but you know like my friend he's like you're funny you should do stand-up like ah should i do it i'm like ah fuck it you know why not end, go like, for it man yeah well, it's still writing. You're writing a story, but you know, sure, yeah, yeah, like that, yeah. You know? So I was been I've been watching like a lot of stand up comedians lately at work because I have the ability to listen to podcasts. Okay, and I listen to Bill Burr and Tom Segura and you know Joey Diaz and yeah, it's like yeah, I'm, I'm a big Dave Chappelle fan and man, that's Chappelle, of course, yeah. stand up is is really yeah. impressive, you know. And like you yeah. said, it's, it's storytelling. He tells a lot of good stories. Yeah. And they're really funny. Um, you know, the punchlines work, uh, yeah. it's intelligent humor. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You could do a whole lot as a comic. Yeah. So that's yeah. good. I, I, I wish you a lot of luck doing that. Oh, thanks man. I mean, yeah, I don't, sure. I don't want to be like, I don't know. I'm just doing it just, just to see. I have no, like, I was like, oh, I'm going to get an agent. And I'm going to get a TV show. And well, like, nah, okay, I'm just, okay. I'm just gonna, you never I'm know. Just you never it. know. Starting out, it. you never know. Yeah. We'll see how it goes, man. But uh, let's see. I, let's the, see. the second time I did it, it was pretty good. Like, I mean, I mean, there were some empty. I mean, there were some blank stares. <laughs> but, okay, uh, yeah, I did. Yeah. I did make some people yeah. laugh. I made some people yeah, laugh. So yeah, it's yeah. working. You got. You got to be willing to bomb sometimes. Yeah, hope, but it's part of the game. Don't. Yeah, it's part of the game. Yeah, part yeah. of the game. Exactly. Okay. Uh, well, number five: uh, watching a random movie or reading a random book that you normally won't read is the, another way to get insp inspired. Uh, oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Is it? Oh, yeah. Is there like a movie that you you had like? Like, oh, that movie looks dumb. And then when you start watching, it's like, oh, this is pretty good. Yeah, as a matter of fact, there was recently I watched my first um, Tamil, this is uh, from India, movie called Bahubali. It's, they have a, a part one and a part two. And the funny thing is, is my ancestry comes from that part of India. Because okay. uh, my mother is from Trinidad. So her ancestors come from uh, the southern part of India. And uh, I saw on Netflix this uh, heroic epic called Bahubali. And it, I was like, what is this? You know, I'm not used to watching Indian movies. The, the yeah. Indian movies that I've seen in the past was mostly just were musicals. And I like musicals, but it's not really my thing. Uh, so mm -hmm. but I said, you know what? Let me check it out. When I watched it, oh, my God, I was blown away. It, it was just I love that movie. It was almost like a religious experience. Yeah. Just and, and it was also connecting with to me with a culture that I had been separated from for many years. Yeah. Um, on my mother's side of the family, yes. um, and and the sequel was great too. So uh, that 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 was a case where I watched something when, as as far as a movie goes, mm -hmm. where normally I wouldn't have watched maybe that that movie, but when I did, I'm I'm glad I, I kind of took a detour and watched it because it, it had a, an impact on me, a nice positive impact too. As a matter of fact, and then I, and then I went over to my mom's place and I watched it with her because I wanted her to see it too. Yeah. Um, so it brought me even closer with my mom too. So it was, it was that's cool. good, man. Yeah, yeah. Like I think because I, I like sometimes I like because I watched this movie called uh, Saving Private Perez, and it was mm. on Netflix for a while. And uh, it wasn't a movie that I normally would watch because uh, it just you know you judge a book by its cover, and the the names kind of looked dumb. You know, it's like it was a riff from Saving Private Ryan. You know, but yeah. I, I checked it out because I wanted to. I wanted to again step out of my comfort zone. I wanted to try something new. I watched it, and I, you know, I ended up crying at the end of the movie because uh, wow. uh, it's the story. It's a story about a. Uh, it's a. It's a movie shot in Spanish, and okay. uh, the character has to find his brother who joined the military, and he got held up by some terrorists in Iraq. So mm -hmm. this 
character is like a type of drug dealer. So he gets, you know, some people to uh, go with him to find his brother, even though they fight a lot. And, uh, you know, it was, it was really entertaining. And by the end of the movie, mm-hmm. like, he finally got his brother back and they're fighting like in, like in a barbecue. And I got really touched because like, I'm either, I mean, being a, having a brother, you fight with them and then you make up, you know, I, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Over there, like, you know, kidnapped. I would try to, if I had the resources, I would, I would look for him. And I, uh-huh. I, it, it, it resonated with me. And, nice. Uh, yeah. So that's, yeah, watch movies that you normally won't watch. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. I, I haven't seen that one, but I did actually want, once see a Korean movie that was like, like sort of inspired by a Saving Private Ryan also, now that you mention it. Yeah. It was called, I believe, Taegugi. And uh, and that was one was, you know, like I said, Korean. I, it was all in Korean with English subtitles. And it was very touching, too. I got teary-eyed uh, at the end mm-hmm. of the movie because it was a story about two brothers, too. One of them uh, went over to North Korea. One was in South Korea. And it was during the time of the war where the North and South was that civil war going on. And so it was a very, uh, you know, emotional story and, and well, well told. And uh, I, I normally wouldn't see a Korean movie, so it's it's, it's always cool to uh, open yourself up to Absolutely. foreign cinema because the people in other countries also have maybe a different perspective of look, looking at things, a different religious belief, and sometimes that comes out in the in the cinema that they make, and it's kind of cool because then it it, it kind of gets you out of your normal comfort zone, your normal way of thinking um here in the states absolutely it broadens your horizon and that helps when you want right yeah you know? definitely broaden your horizons right on yeah uh let's see a number number four which i guess is sort of like number five but whatever it's uh watching documentaries mm-hmm. uh, yeah watching documentaries are definitely inspiring man have you watched the uh, the night stalker one on netflix i have really not good. yet no I, really good, not. Man. I remember when that took place though. i yeah. was in elementary school in california i had just moved out here from new york and I remember it being all over the news and that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I need to watch it. I watch a few documentaries. Um, on my Netflix list is that one, uh, The Octopus Teacher. I think it won an Academy Award. My oh, my man. teacher, The Octopus or something like that. I never heard of it. But it's yeah, yeah. I, it's on my to watch list. Yeah. Oh, okay. um, and then uh, a lot of times I watch documentaries on, uh, on PBS, on KCET. I really okay. enjoy it. There's usually like if there's like a like just recently in February for Black History Month, they had a lot of good documentaries. Um, but yeah, documentaries are great, too, because, you know, you, you learn from them. And, and then even if you're just ri- if you're writing fiction, you could always incorporate that into your story. Absolutely. Like yeah. I've been um, I got into this uh, documentary uh, called uh, Missing 411, and it's about a. Uh, mm who get lost in national uh, forests it's like the world just swallow them up like they'll be hiking with a family and then they would turn a corner and then like junior just disappears and there's no way there's oh, no wow. way there's no way like where did he go like there's nowhere to wow. hide it's just like he got plucked out of the earth and and then they they sent out the dogs to look for them and then no scent and then later they would find the remains like in the area where they already you know uh searched and it's oh, crazy, right. like yeah, I lo- like it's. I love watching paranormal documentaries. That's like my thing. That 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 reminds me of uh, I, what I love is watching ancient aliens on the History yep, Channel. I love that's that shit, the. Man. Uh, I yeah. love that stuff. You know, I wonder if uh, yeah, even if it's far fetched, I just I, I just if, find it entertaining. Uh, yeah. John Duran is out there if he's watching ancient aliens. Oh yeah, John Lance. John, John Lance. John yeah, Lance yeah. Duran. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's he, right. He watched that shit. He's my. 
we watch we watch this stuff together. We, we shout out to John. Yeah, yeah, shout out to John. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. I, I hope the UFOs <laughs> abduct that dude, man. <laughs> oh shit, you wouldn't like that, man. He tells me he's uh he's terrified about you know meeting an alien, you know. I know, like, huh? but, but who knows? <laughs> you know, they may be walking around amongst us, you know. You, yeah, you don't know. I've been watching I've been watching ancient aliens religiously on Friday nights now for a while. <laughs> and there's so many theories out there, and it's, it's yeah. mind-boggling. Yeah, like it definitely like gives you the the imagination and stir, you know, gives like you like the inspiration. To, yeah, you know, develop a story. Yeah, I, I like it. I like. I mean, I hope someday I have the enough enough money to visit ancient Egypt and like the ancient ruins and all that stuff. I'll. I'll, I'll oh yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. Me too. You know? yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, that's uh. This leads us to my next one. Uh, outdoor mm. activities such as hiking or going to the museum, which you know, sure. I mean, that's that's you know inspiring. Watching, especially going to the museum because you look at art, you know, artifacts and artwork that like it's like more than a hundred years old, and it's kind of like wow. This this piece of art uh, lasted longer than the artist, you know, and people are here. We are, you know. Good point. Good point. Yeah, def most definitely. Yeah. And yes, so that's inspiring. You know what I mean? Like for something to last that long, it has to hit a nerve for it to mm -hmm. be still circulated and all that. Uh, you know, it sucks that uh, you know that someday we're gonna pass away, and or, you know that's why I want to leave some kind of impact with uh, whatever I create. You know. Yes. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, <laughs> but it's reality. Uh, it's reality. But yeah, okay. That's right. Uh, number number two, and this is just for me: smoking weed. <laughs> smoking weed helps me uh, get inspired. You know. Okay. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Do you do you smoke? Do you I smoke don't. I don't. I, you know, to be honest with you, I, I've never smoked weed. I've never done uh, uh -huh. any type of street drugs. Um, okay. Uh, but I, I get inspired by, you know, reading and uh, um, yeah. watching movies, uh, reading mythology, reading comic books and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, when, you know, to each his own, uh, yeah. um, you know, to, to, to each his own. I'm, I'm not I don't, I don't like to condone drug usage. Uh, I grew up in the area of say no to drugs and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Just say no. <laughs> even though I'm even though I'm a big Cypress Hill fan, it's funny. I'm a big Cypress Hill fan. <laughs> But I never smoked weed, you know. So Crazy. it's possible. It's possible to yeah. to coexist. <laughs> right on, man. You're a testament to that. Yeah. Uh, how about how about drinking? Do you drink like uh, I don't know, like I don't, a beer? I don't, I don't anymore. Yeah. No, I, I don't. Um, okay. I, I used to occasionally when I went to a club or at a party, but I, I'm not a drinker and I'm not a okay. smoker. So okay, I try right to on. be on top of my diet. Uh, Excellent. Now man. and. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah I, need, I need to kick that. I feel, I feel better that way, you know? That's good, yeah. man, because it's a healthy healthy living, healthy, you know, thinking clearly. Definitely. Yeah, uh, that's why I need to get back on the ball. And, and like too. we're talking about writing, too, you know, for me, um, the, the clearer my head is, the more focused I can be yes. on getting my writing done and being creative. And by, by living healthy, living ethically, that definitely helps. Absolutely. I agree. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you know, I do like smoking weed. <laughs> okay, okay. Kind of right now, man. Uh, okay, okay. Number number one, uh, the number one thing that helps me or that helps anyone get inspired for me is uh, music. I listen to music. Like me I too, me too, that, me too. Yeah. As a matter of fact, yeah. I've actually uh, done some executive production in the music business. Oh really? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, actually. Um, for a friend of mine, he, he does a rap in Spanish. I executive produced some music for him. And then for a couple of my books too, um, I, I have worked on a soundtrack 
for music to accompany my story. And uh, I did that with The Good, The Bad, and The Chili. And I'm currently working on a soundtrack right now for another book called uh, The Magic Guitar that, that I'm writing. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, I love music. Uh, for, as the writing process goes, um, music definitely helps me to get into a mood. Yes. And then I also like uh, working in, in, in music as well. See, I wish I had the talent to, you know, to play the guitar or the piano or I just don't have it. Like, I don't have that's it's, it's supposed to be in like in your blood. You know what I mean? All right. I, right. I, I just, it's yeah. not like, I, me I too, noticed me that. Too. You know, I'm with I just you, don't man. have it. I, I wish I did. I, I don't play an instrument myself, but I have an ear for music. I know what I like. I know I kind of have an idea what sounds good and stuff like that. Yeah. So with, with that, uh um i do my executive production you think that's in your genetics like no like music because the, the reason i'm saying this because i have a friend his mm. whole family they're, they're musicians like he mm. knows how to play the piano his brother he's a he's in the band and his daughter he just she's just sat like she knows how to play the piano and she's just like a little girl so it's yeah, like yeah. it has to be genetic you know so it, uh, it, it could be. I mean, it could, you be. Never know. It could I, be. Yeah, I, I, I'm the type of person who believes in reincarnation too. So, mm -hmm. like, you never know what they might have done in a past life, what kind of famous musician they might have been, or a talented yeah. artist, or that kind of thing. And some of those skills can come back when they're, you know, reborn. But I think definitely being in an environment where your family uh, is nurturing you, or or you have like a, a father or mother who does that type of art that you also want to do. I'm sure that definitely helps as well. Absolutely. And for me, like for music, um, the reason I write stories is because like I see a movie trailer in my head and I'm trying to figure out like how, what's going on, like how to, how do I get there? You know what I mean? Feeling okay. the, the emotions of a movie trailer, you know what I mean? Because yeah. um, that's, that's what helps me develop my stories that get so obsessed okay. with the story that yeah. I, that the song that kickstarted that idea i would burn it out i would listen it over and over and over again until i know every everything about it you know so that's, oh, it's okay. something, that's something yeah. that's stuck with me since i was a kid all the way until now like it's like it's, it's trippy yeah. you know it's yeah just, like I, i'm i'm also working on a, a story about a, a luchador uh -huh. and um when i hear that song barracuda by heart barracuda. i don't know if you're familiar with that song I, uh, I, I, I gotta play it over and over again because it gets me jazz and juice yeah. when i'm writing this story about the luchador so yeah um yeah. when i was when i was writing uh, my novelette too um i would listen to this song uh, you can't get the best of me by cypress hill and i would listen to that uh, on repeat too because specifically for a, a scene that i was writing where there's like yeah. a fight scene at the end and, and that, that song yeah. just is it, it, just really got me juiced up to, to, to writing that, that's cool, that man. scene. yeah it's cool to talk to somebody who you know who you know we we could get it get it you know what i mean yeah 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 I, yeah, so, yeah music have, is definitely yeah. an important part of life as well as the creative process Absolutely. well um well thanks for the you know for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. We yeah, had a great sure. conversation. Thanks for, for, you know, for, for having me. Yeah, your yeah, questions man, are great really conversation. good. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate it. And hopefully yeah. if you're down to come down for like another topic, I would love to have you on again. Cool. Thanks a lot. I yeah, would. Man. I would. That'd well, be fun. Until next time, before we go, uh, is there like, do you want to plug anything before, you know, we say goodbye to you? Oh yeah, de definitely. Uh, thank you for having me and uh, check out the Art and Activism Con uh, next week. I believe it starts on April 28th and you can get tickets through uh, David Heredia 
at uh, Heroes of Color. If you look him up on Instagram um, or check, check out my uh, Instagram and Facebook um, and I could kind of direct you in that in that direction for that con. Uh, mm-hmm. And then other than that, everybody, I hope you're staying safe. Uh, uh, if you're uh, pro vaccines, I hope you're getting vaccinated. <laughs> If not, stay in your house, stay away from yeah. me because uh, yeah, I got man. my two Moderna vaccines and uh, <laughs> I'm ready to get back out into the world oh, yeah, and get man. things going again, you know. But I'm still wearing my mask and practicing yeah. social distancing until uh, enough people on the planet get vaccinated. Yeah. But uh, I- I'm hoping everybody uh, stays safe out there and, um, and, uh, and you know, and, and, and pursues their writing goals and pursues their artistic goals and, uh, you know, makes their dreams come true. Right on, bro. Well, yeah. thank you. I'll, 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 you know, hit you up later, but, um, for sure. See you, bro. Okay. Thanks. Okay. All right. Well, folks, uh, thank you for, uh, joining us tonight to watch, uh, casually Christian. I want to thank, uh, Emmanuel for producing this show. And if you want to produce your own, uh, podcast talk show, uh, showcase your uh, concert or your church event, please hit up his uh, streaming service at live stream my event. And, um, well, until next time, folks, I'll see you in two weeks. Have a good week. Okay. Oh, and please like, and subscribe. <laughs> Bye, guys.